having somebody who has a license in your corner is really important in my opinion, because I can actually call them the insurance and the doctor's office on your behalf. I can. Um, whereas if you don't have that, you got to figure out, like if you just sign up online, right? You got to figure that out yourself. There's nobody in your corner. You might be able to call the customer service department, but you're waiting to hold for three hours for somebody to read off what your brochure Ooh, says. Oh, I got to go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid all my fees. I was starving for this game. Now my fan they can't eat. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cup of Nurses show with your hosts Peter and Matt here. We are two nurses on a mission to change this world one conversation at a time. So let's jump right into it. If you find value in this show and want to join us on this mission, please review the show and share. It would mean absolutely everything to us. Cupofnurses.com for any other latest updates, merch releases, and anything else we're up to. For a lifestyle podcast, you can check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. Another amazing guest today. Today, I'd like to welcome you to Zach Young. Zach Young is a health advisor specializing in helping travel healthcare professionals find affordable coverage. He loves taking on passive income projects and setting up financial freedom. We talk about healthcare and how you can maximize your plan. Hey Zach, welcome to the show. Can you give us a little bio about yourself and how you got here? Yeah, my name is Zach Young. Uh, thanks again for having me on, guys. Uh, so basically how I got here actually is uh, Matt is a client of mine. <laughs> uh, basically, I do health insurance mainly for travel nurses, self-employed, but mainly people that are looking for PPO plans um, and how I got to doing health insurance. So um, I actually graduated with a marketing degree, believe it or not, and nothing to do with finance or insurance. Um, and I've been doing it for, did it for a little while um, and I loved it. Problem was, is I was a director of marketing. So it was a salary job. And as you guys know, uh, being 1099 sometimes is a little better, being able to control your hours, being able to control what you do. Um, and also at the time, um, a buddy of mine was doing this as well. And he, um, he was doing it all manually without any of the marketing skills, tools, or any other things that I know how to do. So figured, hey, if he's doing really well, um, I think it's a great opportunity for me. The last thing, and we'll get into this maybe later, um, is a big passion of mine is, is passive income and setting up a system or processes for automating the things in my life that I don't really want to do. Um, and, and really focusing on the things that I do want to do, which a lot of times ends up being work, but it also also means that other things too, like traveling next week, I'll be going to Puerto Rico and a couple other stuff too. So anyways, it's, it's just to create freedom in my life, which I think is another reason why I have so many clients that are travel nurses. We kind of vibe on that level of, of travel and freedom. And Zach, when you hear the word health, what, is, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean for you yeah. to define the word health? Maybe not just like physically healthy, but what does it mean towards you? Oh, yeah, I like that. Uh, thanks for clarifying. Um, so my brain immediately goes to like the finance side of this, right? Because I deal with healthy people and unhealthy people all day long. But I think um, for me and my, my health and for a lot of people around me, I actually see health as a lot of times as growth, right? That's like, because there, there's really, if we want to think about that, there's really no like stability in health. Like I don't just maintain a weight. I don't just maintain uh, a cellular health, uh, you know, or a nutritional health, there's always progression and digression, right? Um, or regression. And so I think overall, um, you know, when you're healthy, you're just constantly wanting to improve yourself as, as a person, whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually, 
um, but really trying to become a better person. And those people, not necessarily that there's a destination, but they're just, they're on the journey. I think that's for me is what health is. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point because the way I see it is the, the volume mixer on anything where every choice that you make every day in your life, it's either bringing you health mm -hmm. or it's bringing you disease, disease, and yeah. you're just kind of choosing where you want to be on that volume control every single day in your life. Yeah. Have you, have you ever, it sounds like you read uh, the book Power of Habit. Have you ever read of that? I, I read Atomic Habits by James. Oh, Curry. that's yeah. Atomic Habits. Yep. Yeah. It's just like making a decision to go in that direction. You're like putting a checkbox to who you want to be. Um, I love that. Yeah. What kind of problems do you see in healthcare being a healthcare licensed advisor? Oh man. Um, you know, what's crazy. So this is something I've never talked about before. Um, but every single time that I, and this is almost without a shadow of a doubt, almost every single time I talk to a family, if the husband or the wife has like diabetes or high blood pressure or whatever, almost every single time their spouse does too. And then the rest of the family has something. And so what that kind of indicates me is a kind of a hypothesis. Of course, I'm no you know, you know, sociologist, but what that shows me and tells me is that a lot of times, a lot of these disease and conditions is exactly what Matt just said, is that it's, it's household, it's, it's culture in the household, right? How much do we work out as a family together? How much do we go outside? How much do we spend time on our mental health or, um, or on how much do we eat? Like, what, what do we process our food? So it's so, it's just interesting to me. I know there's some stuff that's genetics that has to do with that. But I mean, if your spouses, it's not really genetics, right? It, sometimes it can be passed on to the kids, but it just seems that one or two or three similar conditions happen to flow in every single family I talk to, or if the whole family is completely healthy and every single person has no problems, never took a medication in their life. And so anyways, it's just so cool to me because I grew up like that. My parents wouldn't let me eat anything <laughs> that was bad. I had to go over to my friend's house and sneak the food, you know, so, but I, I thank them for that now, right? Because I've never really had super many issues with my weight and I, I don't have any cravings for like really unhealthy food. So I think that's just kind of a culture thing. And I don't know, that's something I've really noticed a lot being in health insurance. And what's so important about, about health, health coverage, because I remember when I was in my early 20s, I had health insurance and all that through my job and all that stuff. And I was super healthy. And I feel like I was just paying money for health coverage that I didn't really need. I saw yeah. a doctor once in a while. I mean, I was super healthy, never had any kind of medical issues, never really, really got hurt, anything like that. So why should people get coverage when they're when they're healthy individuals? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I get that all the time. Uh, really, at the end of the day, especially for healthy individuals, the, the real reason is this. The number, if you guys want to look it up, the number one reason for bankruptcy in America is medical bills, right? It, unfortunately, we have a broken healthcare system when it comes to the finance side of it. And, uh, you know, you can, you can argue pros and cons about like expertise, you know, being in the United States or not, or waiting, pro, you know, waiting lines. And there's, there's pros and cons. I'm not saying I have any solution. But it's the truth, right? So to kind of give you an example, um, the guy um, that I was talking to uh, just yesterday, his name is Aaron Luden. He's actually a good friend of mine. Um, and he recently signed up on the same plan that the Mike's on, uh, or I'm sorry, Matt's on, right? And the reason why is because um, he had a different policy that didn't have PPO coverage. We go anywhere in the world or in the country, sorry. Um, just went to Colorado, had a little skiing accident, hit his head. And the craziest thing about it is this, is like when you don't have that kind of level of coverage, he had to pay $60,000 for a helicopter ride and that didn't even start paying down his insurance at all, right? Because he's, he's out of network. He's not in the insurance network. So, you know, paying 60 grand just to get flown back to Florida where he was at. And then from there, he starts paying down an eight grand deductible. 
that's kind of crazy. You see what I mean? So he had to, you know, he still had only to pay eight grand for the insurance, but he had to start a GoFundMe for like 70 grand because all that was completely uncovered. Now, again, that, that speaks to, you know, the, the broken financial system of the healthcare industry in general, right? But it also just explains why it's so incredibly important to have. If that same scenario happened to Matt, he's going to pay three grand and be done. That's it. Right. So that's a big difference, you know, between 75,000 um, and, and, you know, oh, and also, and this is the other big thing too, is somebody had to make a decision for him, right? He hit his head, he got unconscious. And because he went unconscious, somebody has to make that call for him, which goes, do we stabilize him here in Colorado? And maybe even potentially have brain surgery on this person. That's going to cost minimum three to 500,000. So he's going bankrupt, right? Or do we save his bankruptcy and now do we try to stabilize him on a helicopter ride and fly him all the way down to Florida? So after paying $75,000, he still has a brain injury that he still has to deal with every single day, right? It's actually affected the rest of his life. So that's kind of crazy. You see what I mean? Like someone literally just made that call for you and now you pay 75 grand, start go find me and you still have brain damage. That's insane. So that's really why, right? At the end of the day is those little things like that, just a slip and fall, hit your head on the stairs, and, you know, brain bleeding, and that's it. You know, your life changes forever. So anyways, that, that for me, that's really what it is, is that hearing that example firsthand from a friend, from somebody I knew uh, before, obviously he worked with me, <laughs> but hearing that from that person freaked me out, right? And that, that's that, you know, I've had, in two years ago, I sent this to Matt, two years ago, I got into a serious car accident. The insurance that we're both on covered the entire amount versus I would have paid around eight grand. So again, it's more about the structure of the financial system and, and healthcare and how it's, it is unfortunately broken. But um, you know, it's the game that we all play, right? We all live in here in America. So best thing to do is get covered. And I have a question with the system and how it works. Maybe you could touch base on this if you know anything about if you know anything on, on this subject. So the sure. way um, hospitals and insurance companies negotiate their their prices because. A lot of times hospitals always ask for like a big number, a big amount of money. And for example, I was also in an accident. I got hit with like a, a big bill that my insurance covered and stuff. But then when I called them to get it itemized, a lot of those, those costs were, were, were cut. So mm -hmm. how is that? How, how is it that they come with, the, with these numbers that they're charging these, uh, the patients or the, the people? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, it's a really good thing that you bring up, man. Um, really, really good thing you bring up because you're right. And, and every person, what Peter just said, every person, you should do that. If, if you're getting a bill from the hospital, ask the itemized deduction list and magically all of a sudden <laughs> a bunch of this stuff will fall off or you realize you got paid to charge, got $200 for a Band-Aid, right? So, um, you know, keep in mind when it comes down to it, there you know, are plans out there that say, hey, look, once this person has hit this max out of pocket or whatever, we got to cover legally. We have to cover everything. Right. And so if the insurance company knows that, especially major accidents, they'll charge for everything. And there was even a major scandal down in Florida when it came out to COVID, you know, it turns out they're getting, I can't remember what the grant was from Florida, um, but it was somewhere around like two grand per patient or something. So it was just a pretty big scandal that came out, right. Which was, you know, people were coming in with broken fingers and they were charging, they were coding it as COVID. Right. Um, I, I, I personally think not that it's necessarily the hospital's always fault, but it just comes down to the individual. You've got bad eggs in the system that, of course, if I can charge that same amount on the bill um, and you know, the insurance is going to have to pay regardless because that's they're legally contracted to. Might as well add every little thing we can possibly add on there. There's really no way to verify it, you know, from the insurance standpoint. They could send somebody down there, you know, and cross-reference that with the person and what they said. And, you see what I mean? It's very, very, very easy to actually get that bill. And that's why hospitals are one of the most profitable business machines in, in America, you know?
So it comes down, uh, honestly, it comes down to the hospital or the facility or whatever, the doctor taking advantage because they know they can't, they got no way to prove it otherwise. Um, so yeah, that's it. I never thought about these things till I turned 27 and I got kicked off my parents' plan. I'm just <laughs> like, wow, the life just got so much more harder now that I have to worry about healthcare coverage. Yeah. And even as a travel nurse, it gets uh, to be so much harder because hospitals don't give you coverage. And if you take nurse breaks and want to create your own schedule and not work full time as a tr as a healthcare worker all the time, you don't mm -hmm. have healthcare insurance. So after a month of me ending my contract, usually mm -hmm. things drop off. And there was times in my life where I paid eighty or seventy bucks a month just for some kind of quick plan. But just mm -hmm. like you said, a deductible was like eight thousand plus, and it, you could be in um, a boatload of trouble if you decide if an accident happens. So. As a healthcare worker, especially for the travel nursing industry, what is the best option as far as plans are to go just to have the best coverage and you're secure and not worried about the um, the bad outcomes that could happen? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, I'll be transparent with you guys. The policy that, um, Matt, that you have is only available in about 36 states. So there is a handful of states out there that unfortunately, so for instance, like California, New York, New Jersey, um, very, very localized states in the sense that they have their own marketplace. Like you, you, you can't even, I can't even help somebody because I have to live there in New Jersey here in New York. Like they don't have any option for, uh, for brokers. So um, just to be upfront with you, this doesn't cover everybody, but the one that you're on is, is really nine times out of 10, the best option. It's really not a one size fits all though, right? Because if you had told me, hey, Zach, I'm a travel nurse and you know, I do all this stuff, but at the end of the day, I have pretty severe diabetes. I need insulin shots and all this other stuff. You're not really going to get approved of the plan that you're on. Um, same thing, uh, or, and so basically you need to go to the marketplace. Like you have to go to the Obamacare, ACA, those plans. Um, and then, or simultaneously, like you said, you got a plan for 80 bucks a month, right? I'm assuming when you got that, you probably weren't having either as high, maybe as high of an income. And so the thing about it is when you, you know, if you, let's say you're on a big nurse break for most of the year and you go below, let's, this is, this is a generic number because the average is per zip code, but around 45 to 50,000, if you make less than that, well, you'll actually get a tax credit from the government. So the plans can get really affordable. Sometimes if I talk to somebody's making 20, 30 grand a year, their premium is two, five dollars a month, you know, it's, it's, it's very affordable. Um, but on the flip side, if you are over that income, you're paying for everybody that is uh, getting those tax credits. So it's usually the most expensive option. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, I, that's just my, the boat that I'm in is the same boat that a lot of my travel nurse clients are in too. So that's kind of why I just recommend, Hey, this is my plan. Obviously it's not a one size fits all. So if it's a different route, I'll let you know, you know, What's your greatest takeaway from being a health advisor for nurses and other professionals? Oh, um, they, okay. So I have, I have a PG and then I have like a, so we'll let you guys edit this one or not. Um, so travel nurses and nurses, um, they know a lot about the front end, right? How to help and do care and, and take care of their patients and all of them. But a lot of them kind of believe that if I know what the front end looks like, then that means I know what the financial side of it looks like. So a lot of times um, I'll have travel nurses that will say, hey, yeah, I know, I know everything you're talking about. Don't worry about it. I'm like, do you? And then I, I go into detail and they have no idea. <laughs> so that's the only thing I will say is sometimes it's a little bit of a false narrative um, that I have to, whereas I teach, talk to people that are not nursing or not in the healthcare industry and they kind of just admit to me, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Can you just tell me, you know? So uh, that's more off the record. 
Um, on the record, though, I will say um, it is way easier to talk to them about the stuff that they do know, right? So, for instance, like even Peter, you mentioned the provider discount. Nine times out of 10, most people have no idea what a provider discount is. So when I talk to somebody like that and they know what it is out the gate, it makes my job like 10 times easier. And usually that's going to be the, the travel nurses or, you know, healthcare industry. Um, and then also just they understand the value of insurance, right? If I'm, you're, you, you know, you, you're in the ICU, you're in the ER, and you hear that, oh, we have to actually take this person and make sure they they don't have insurance. So we have to make sure they leave, right? Like we have to kick them out after a certain time, or they can't get that because their insurance doesn't offer, um, what is it called? Um, I apologize ahead of time. Basically, oh, pre-authorization, right? So like, hey, your insurance doesn't isn't authorizing that. You'll never get that, right? You you guys get to hear that day to day where you can't help somebody that maybe should have needed their help. So I think overall, that's that's the biggest thing is that they understand the value. Mm. I think you touched about about this a, a little bit ago. Uh, can you um, speak on some of the most commonly asked questions you get, or maybe some misconceptions, or where do you think the public is lacking when it comes to health coverage? Hmm. Um, where is it lacking? I think um, that's a good question. Where is it that I think the mo well, I'll just kind of answer most common misconceptions that I get is that this is only the options that I have, right? So a lot of times, so keep in mind, you have to have a license to look at the plans that I'm even looking at. I, Matt literally cannot find those plans if he went searching online, just wouldn't happen. So, you know, it's kind of not necessarily struck a little uh, luck, but it's more or less just he knew somebody that knew somebody, right? And so um, thank God, obviously, I have that license that I can do that. But otherwise, so I will say a lot of people just don't know what they don't they don't they have available to them. So I think it's always a good idea to do that, especially if you're shopping online. And I know this sounds weird, but um, whenever, let's say, for instance, to take for Matt, for example, let's say he has a major accident and he might need a pre-authorization involved or he might need a, you know, a, 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 hey, Zach, what is this benefit or what do they charge me whatever? Having somebody who has a license in your corner is really important, in my opinion, because I can actually call them the insurance and the doctor's office on your behalf. I can. Um, whereas if you don't have that, you got to figure out, like if you just sign up online, right? You got to figure that out yourself. There's nobody in your corner. You might be able to call the customer service department, but you're waiting on hold for three hours for somebody to read off what your brochure says versus you see what I'm saying versus I can tell you, hey, look, if you go get your medications from this place instead of this place, it'll actually be a lot cheaper, right? Having like somebody in your corner. So I think a lot of people think that my services cost them money and they would rather just do it online themselves where it actually doesn't at all. It, I just get paid by the insurance company you choose, which makes sense because obviously if I, if I spend a whole hour with Matt and he only pays one premium and then goes, you know what? I hate this insurance and cancels. That's a waste of my time now. I hardly got paid anything. You see what I mean? So it makes sense for me to now to not only pick something that he's going to want for a long time, but also it makes sense that if he does have issues and problems and concerns, I'm in his corner. So I think overall people just kind of don't realize that I can have somebody in my corner and get a plan that's more affordable and a lower deductible. It doesn't always happen like that, but obviously if it does, it's really nice to have somebody. Yeah, that's very helpful because I know when I was in my accident, the hospital mm -hmm. was sending me bills because they didn't have like the proper billing address to my insurance. They were sending it to me and I was always playing phone tag. I, was, I had them call multiple times telling them, hey, like this bill, uh, my deductible was already covered. They're supposed to go to go to my insurance. So, like stop sending me this stuff because I'm not paying this amount of money. My insurance is supposed to pay it. And they would right. say, okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. And then a month later or a couple weeks later, I'll get with the same bill. And it was just literally back and forth, back and forth. I'll be talking to different people each time and it, it wouldn't get through. And then, of course, you know, eventually it got through, but it, I wasted so much of my, of my time. Where having somebody like you on my side would be a lot more beneficial. Can you explain what pre-authorized means? 
Yeah, so basically there's a handful of things. So um, let's just say a great example is an epidural, right? So um, if you want to say, hey, I want an epidural for my pregnancy, you actually on most policies will need a pre-authorization beforehand um, that you, well, I should say most HMOs. I'm I'm probably not going into too much detail, but um, those plans will basically just say, hey, is there is there a deem by the doctor that's a pre-authorization that says they're going to physically need this, right? Because if the doctor forgets to submit that, then the epidural is considered now not pre-authorized and it'll be full price. So you'll have your whole deductible and you'll have everything else will be applied. And then that one little itemized thing will be taken off. And that's a whole other separate bill. And that's the little things like that is what really infuriates me about the system, you know, because it's like, you're telling me in the middle of a pregnancy and in the middle of a delivery that you need to have communication with the doctor's office. That's insane, right? Um, so overall, that's why also another reason why I recommend PPOs. Sometimes they can be a little bit more expensive, but there's no real pre-authorizations involved. You just, you go, you get it done, whatever it is that you need. As long as they're in network, you're fine, right? So just really important to keep in mind what network you get, like HMO versus PPO. Uh, HMOs are filled with pre-authorizations. Um, but yeah, that's all it is. It's just, I need to make sure that insurance needs to make sure um, that it's medically necessary. And then after they tell the insurance company, hey, this we deem it as medically necessary, they'll consider that as pre-authorized, right? And then obviously now from now on out, it's covered. And then in your perspective, do you think that hospital costs have gone up? Because I, I personally don't know because Matt and I are, are we're nurses, so we don't really see the bills. But when I talk yeah. to my, my parents, they always say all these healthcare costs have, have, have gone up. And of course, you know, your insurance is going to go up to, to reflect that. So have you noticed that the cost for surgeries, different procedures have, have increased over time? Oh, incredibly. Yeah. I mean, in 2017, it was around $120 for a doctor visit. Now, 2022, we're looking at about 210, 215. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's just for a normal doctor visit. You take that and you extrapolate that with x-rays and lab work and MRIs. Oh, it's, it's a big jump. Yeah. So that's another reason why, you know, you also want to have a low max out of pocket on the policy. So for instance, like Matt's, I, well, actually I won't say, <laughs> I don't want to go over Matt's injuries, but it's low, right? So overall, it, it's, an, it's nice to have that because now at that point, if he has something serious that happens, it's, um, you know, it's, he doesn't have to worry about is that cost increasing or not. It really doesn't matter. If, if, his, if he hits out of pocket maximum, he's done. You see what I mean? So that's kind of a big deal to have that cap on the plan. And of course, since he's already locked into the benefits and how they're built, that even as the insurance or as um, expenses keep increasing with an MRI or a procedure or a surgery, if he has already locked in that low out-of-pocket maximum, well, that's just going to cap there no matter what. And that that ties back into what we were talking about earlier, which is you know, uh, doctors and offices know that, right? They know that it caps at that low amount. So we'll, we'll stack on everything we can because you're still, all he has to pay is that low amount. That's it. And the insurance is going to have to cover everything else legally. So that's another reason why it's very easy to take advantage. Okay. And then um, one more thing is what are the, when I'm looking for an insurance plan, what are the main things I should be looking at? No, there's a deductible. You said the max out of pocket cost. What are the main mm -hmm. things that, that people should look at because that affects them the most? Yeah, travel nurses. Um, so I actually, every now and then I speak to a travel nurse who only travels in state. So if that's the case, it might not be that big of a deal for you to do PPO. If you're out of state travel nurse, you know, PPO, you need to do it. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. So there's really no other way around that. That's a big thing. Second thing would just be, of course, can you afford the premium, right? If it's unaffordable for you, don't do it. Right. But uh, the, the last two things is your deductible um, slash what's your max out of pocket. So it's a little, I, I can go into it if you guys would like, but basically just means like what's your worst case scenario for the year. Um, and then of course, the really important thing in my opinion, do you get co-pays? So if you're healthy, 
you should hopefully get co-pays for everything, right? Not like everything that's basic medical, right? Doctor visits and lab work and x-rays and blood work. What I find a lot of times is that somebody will have, let's say a three grand deductible, just for an example, and they'll get a doctor visit copay, but everything else is subject to that deductible. So if you're healthy and you only go once, two times, maybe three times a year, it kind of sucks because usually what happens is if someone's healthy and they finally go to the doctors, it's because something is wrong, right? It's not because they're going for the same thing month after month after month. It's, I don't know what's wrong with me. Can you tell me? And at that point, they'll need to do blood work and x-rays and lab work. And so I get a lot of complaints sometimes for people that have like a three, 4k deductible. And then they go, you know, Hey Zach, um, I, I went to go finally use it one time per year. And now I have a three, four or $500 bill. So, and I, I'll tell them, Hey, look, that's the plan we picked out. I, I told you everything, right. You picked it, but overall, I just try to recommend for healthy people just to go that route, right. Which is, Hey, get a copay for all your basic medical. So when you finally do go once or twice a year, you don't have a five or $600 bill because all that just went straight to the deductible. If that makes sense. Okay. So the copay is, is the amount you pay for that visit and a yeah. deductible cost is the cost they have to pay up to on. And then once you get, get to that point, the insurance covers the rest of it. Um, uh, just about, um, so kind of, kind of in a quick nutshell, um, deductible is how much you have to spend in medical expenses before the insurance actually kicks in. Once you hit your deductible, they'll kick in usually what's called coinsurance. So it's actually a split of the bill for easy math. We'll just do 50, 50. So let's just say I have a $5,000 deductible. Well, I pay the first $5,000 of that bill. If it, let's say it's a $10,000 bill, right? Just the easy math. So I pay the first 5,000, then they split the bill with me, right? So it might be 50, 50, let's just say. So I pay 50 and they pay 50, but I only have to pay 50 until I hit my out-of-pocket maximum. Unfortunately, it's a separate number. So let's just say it's 8,000, right? So I'm paying 50% of the bill all the way up until I hit an $8,000 spend. And then everything else is immediately covered by the insurance company. So if it's a 10 grand bill, I'm only going to pay 8,000, right? Um, but basically a copay, it helps you get around your deductible. So of course, if you, uh, everything was subject to deductible, it all would be full price, right? But since you have a copay, instead of paying, remember I was telling you a doctor visit now, it's about 210. So if you don't have a copay, you're paying 210, right? But if you have a copay, now you would pay, let's say $40. So it's just like a workaround to help you get around that deductible and not have to pay full price. Um, it's just the issue is a lot of times I still see, um, you know, is that you still have to pay pretty much everything else, right? Blood work and x-rays and lab work. And, and that's where it gets unfortunate for a lot of people that are healthy. So that's why Matt went throughout the, he went, because of course it just makes sense to not have to pay, you know, not have to pay full price for everything else as well. He gets a copay for everything. And then so. does the copay get added into the deductible amount or is that separate now? Uh, yeah, it does pay. Yeah. When you pay the copay, it does get applied to your deductible. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Does the 45 get added or is the 210 that you would be paying as a flat fee? Uh, great question. So if I am paying 210, that was, that's assuming that you don't have a copay, right? Um, you're just, it's just going towards your deductible, then yeah, you would just pay the 210, right? Um, well, I say 210, but you're going to also get your provider discount we talked about, right? So it's about 50 to 80% off. So without any copays or provider discounts, whatever, it'd be about 210. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, uh, otherwise, you're, if you're paying 210 by yourself, you're just paying cash. Then if you pay cash, it doesn't go towards your insurance at all. They, they don't run it to the insurance. There's no provider discount. Doesn't go to deductible, anything like that. Well, let's say your copay is like $40. So is that $40 going to deductible or is that 210 the full price, go into the, the deductible? Great question. $40 is what goes towards it when you have a copay. Yeah. So it's just the amount that comes out of your pocket. Yeah. So if it was 210 because you don't have a copay, then you would be paying 210 towards the deductible. Yeah, great question. It would be slick, but the loophole only works for usually insurance companies, Pete, not for you in this case. It'd be too easy, man. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's a rig game there. I mean, if you think about it, they're the house when it, and you guys are the casino, you know, they're the casino, right? You guys are playing just chips. You're all, what it is, is you're really all at a table, right? You're all at the same table. And unfortunately when you're on the marketplace, like the ACA or even employer plans, the average person is usually around 40 to $60,000 per person in medical expenses. Um, and that's not everybody, but you got Joe Schmo who has 10 heart attacks a year. He, he's going to add it up, right? He's going to create that average. Whereas if you want to, you can, that's why I said a lot of people don't know that you can actually hop over to another table, like another poker table, and basically be only at that table with people that file on average two to three grand a year. And since that, that cost, that it costs the insurance company much less, now your premiums and deductibles get to get lower too. It's kind of like car insurance where you get a good driver discount. It's the same thing. You can do that with health insurance. Yeah. So what is your stance on universal health care in that case? Um, I'd love it. And yet, um, also I get a, you know, every time I want to move to Europe, I see their taxes. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, it's it, a 50 to 60% tax sometimes, and that's just because it's universal healthcare. So the way I see it, um, I'm so, I, I would say when it comes to liberal, or I should say when it comes to uh, social issues, I'm very liberal. When it comes to economics, I'm very, very Republican. I don't mind sharing that stuff, but you know, overall, I just think I think capitalism does allow for people that don't want to pay for that stuff. They don't have to, right? Because if we all were under the universal health care, that just means that we're all going to get those prices and premiums and everything else, right? We're going to have to pay that, whether it's through tax or whether through it's a premium, but at least the people that are incentivized to take care of themselves. This is actually, um, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but this is a really big thing. So I backpacked around Europe. And one thing I noticed was, and you guys, I'm sure you guys have traveled a lot yourselves. When you guys leave the country, you're going to notice that when you see food stands, right, you'll see like uh, fruit and vegetables and fish and meat, and you'll actually see there's flies on it. And when I first walked past, I was like, Ugh, right, because I'm American and I there's everything is completely processed and everything. And, and the person I was with was just telling me, no, that's a really good thing that tells you that that fruit and that those vegetables and that that meat is actually fresh. It's there's no preservatives in it. There's no artificial, um, you know, in, in there that the and because with American food, it actually does the the actual animals, the sorry, the insects stay away from our meat and food. <laughs> That's crazy, right? That just tells you that you know. And if you guys want to look this up, feel free. But the amount of um, artificial preservatives that are allowed in the United States are like almost only allowed in the United States. Like the rest of the world has banned most of this food and ways of preserving food because it's just so unhealthy for you. And so um, I really feel like it's just kind of a self-fulfilling cycle of, hey, like there's a lot of bad food in America. We eat a lot of bad food, but you still, yes, we're, yes, we're born or raised or grown up or whatever in America, but you still as a grown adult don't have to follow that culture, right? You, that's what we're doing here, right? Except is being able to live a healthier lifestyle and go counterculture to this box food. Um, and I think the people that have, that take that initiative to go out of their way to do that should hopefully be rewarded. Right. Because it's the same thing of car insurance. If I have five accidents every year. Right. Well, my premium should or they will be higher. Right. On car insurance. My, my premiums will be higher. Why is that not the case for health insurance? So I think it I think um, in America, it's probably OK that we don't do it this way because those options are available because there's so many unhealthy food. But I also agree that if we were in Europe, the actual claims would be a lot lower because if you guys see it every day, there's people walking around almost every single person has been fit. In Europe, right? It's the only time I ever see an overweight person when I was in Europe was an American, you know? And so overall, I think it makes a little bit more sense for them when they just don't have quite as many health issues since their food is obviously a lot better for them. I, what if we did like a uh, 
unhealthy person tax where you know in your, in your, there's universal health coverage but if you're an unhealthy person you gotta get taxed a little bit more than someone that that is healthier yeah plans they'd have to pay you'd see if matt were on it they're taxed like if matt if you were on the aca man your premium would be double than what it is now when we looked at it right when i was showing you so i mean that is kind of their tax a little bit <laughs> being honest with you it's just a lot of people that are healthy don't know that they're paying it they don't know that they're paying tax because the premiums on the obamacare plans have jumped up around 11 to 12 percent per year that's 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 because each person as the, as obamacare just keeps expanding and getting bigger and more and more people that are unhealthy keep joining it it just keeps getting worse and worse as far as premiums um ended up so yeah i'm very similar to you on social issues i'm very liberal but i also like to throw in some accountability in that that if you know if we're doing this universal thing and if you're going to take advantage of it let's try to prevent people taking advantage of the system because there's going to be unhealthy people regardless right but what's our one way to combat that is maybe tax them a little bit more once mess people's people's money they're a little bit more inclined to do the the right thing you could say that's why we have punishment when people break the laws right they're less inclined to break them next time because guess what they had to pay a pretty big fine so i feel like that it sounds kind of like a dick move but that's honestly would be a really good move for society Let's try to push yeah. people to be more healthier. But now with society being a little bit softer now and everything, I get people will get really, really offended. Why do I have to oh, pay yeah. more for for um, being unhealthy? Well, you you got to pay more for being unhealthy because you're you're eating cheap food that you're saving money on. That I'm spending more on healthier food to stay healthy. I'm spending money on a gym membership. I'm spending money on, on myself in healthier ways while you're just chilling and watching Netflix uh, and, and YouTube. You know, so yeah, you're saving money on food. I'm putting more money on food, but then again, uh, the healthcare costs is is the main issue right there. Yeah, and like I said, it, it almost is like they are paying that tax. Unfortunately, I'll talk to so uh, last week I had a, a family. Unfortunately, um, they made very high income, so and they were older, but they just they weren't going to get a tax credit. So their premiums were around like eighteen hundred a month, uh, pretty insane, right? Um, and they decided because they're about to enter retirement then and there um, on the call with me that they were going to get a divorce. And the reason why was because if her, if the wife was by herself and they were divorced, then she or her premiums would be next to free because all the income was coming to him, which, you know, that's, that just, it made me like, so, so sad, you know? Um, but overall, it's just one of those things where they kind of do get taxed, like they would have diabetes, right? So it, it's weird. There's not like an incentive, but it's, you kind of get into like the civil liberties of like, okay, well, I'm not harming anybody. It's like, you kind of are harming people with the income. So it just, there's a lot that goes back and forth into there. And I agree with you. And I just think it's more of a hidden tax than we probably realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested that you brought that up because I know a handful of people that, on paper, they're they're separated, but they're actually, you know, in a Catholic church married. They're just they're separated for tax purposes. You know, they live together, they have everything together. They're just separated just so they could um, save some money on the taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally could not afford the premium. So, yeah, and I, I I will say the one thing, and you guys asked me earlier about like what would I get out of this. One of the thing about this is like I. I wasn't necessarily most of my life a negative person, but I was a critical person. So sometimes that kind of goes into negative a little bit when you're constantly critiquing things. And one thing that's always helped me a lot is I'll have a, I'll have a bunch of calls all day long. I'll have a full schedule <clears throat> and then I'll talk to two or three people that are in the most dire situations you can possibly imagine, right? Like they're going through cancer. They're, you know, they're, um, they're makes like 30,000 a year. Like it's just the most insane scenarios you can possibly think of they're going through. And I do this like two to three times a day. And I'm sure you guys deal with it in person. So I, you know, hats off to you guys, but it just, it keeps me 
um, every single time I hear one of those stories, it just keeps me like probably same with you guys, very humble. And also, also it just makes me so much hopeful and grateful for this, like just the fact that I can do this. You just, just talking to you guys and being able to sit here on podcasts is, is pretty amazing to the people that have, that don't have their health, you know, and can't get out of bed sometimes. I agree with you. Nursing is a humbling experience and especially you doing healthcare advising, you see that and it humbles you like, wow, I have all this in front of me. If you were able to give us a state of the union of where you think the future of healthcare is going, what would you say? And this is just your opinion, so there's no wrong way of. Yeah. Um, where it's going, um, I think that there. So United Healthcare um, is the company that I mainly work with. There's also Cigna, Blue Cross. All this. These companies have gotten to a place where they're so megalomaniac, like they're so large and so it's so hard for them to fail at this point. I don't really see. Um, insurance going towards um unit like universal health care for quite a long time i think as, as long as our country is pretty split politically i don't think that'll ever really happen um however though um i will say this starts state of the union what i would love for everybody to kind of know is that you know they're um just be careful with when you're shopping uh don't try not to do your best when it comes or do your best when it comes to like doing online shopping if you want to but you're going to find pretty quick when you do online shopping that you're going to get first off you're going to get blown to shreds i don't know if you guys have ever uh, submitted your information online but you will you'll get a 50 calls uh, an hour uh but also it's just more or less there's a lot of different people out there that have a lot of different agendas and i think if you, if you really want to do the best thing for yourself and your family, best thing to do is, just, is get referrals from people that not only have the coverage, but also get referrals from people that have already used their insurance. I think a lot of times people focus just on their premium and go, hey, I have $80 a month plan. And they'll, you know, that's the best referral. But all of a sudden they find out I have an eight grand deductible or I can't leave my state or um, it's short-term insurance and there's like, they're going to kick me off soon. There's, there's so many different things that you'll find that it, it is insurance is on purpose designed to be complicated so the best thing you can do for yourself is get somebody that you trust to help you walk you through it um it is it is increasingly complicated even for someone who's been in the industry for four plus years now i still have things that i'll learn week after week which is mind-blowing right that you would think that i would know absolutely everything but if I don't, then what means that you have any idea of what you really are getting into? And if it's the number one reason for bankruptcy, you really should have somebody in your corner that is knowing what they're doing, right? So not to say that I'm not pointing people in the right direction, I am, but there's obviously little tips and tricks and all these little things that you can do. And you know, when you talk to somebody that's done this for one client, it worked one time, oh, cool, I'll add that to what I'll do, right? Try my clients. Um, you just, that happens all the time. I'm sure that's the same thing with you guys. You learn how to do a put an IV a certain way or do a certain way. And it's just experience and wisdom that comes with over time. And Zach, when you're not helping out people find the perfect healthcare plan, what are you doing uh, on your off days or on your on the side or just whatever you enjoy doing? Um, well, you'll, you'll hear from Matt. I don't really take too much off days, honestly. Um, I'm not, I wish I was a bit more balanced in my life. However, um, I will say that I am in constant pursuit for living the rest of my life where I don't actually have to work at all. That's the whole goal of this, right? It's the passive income side. Um, so I think for me, what I'm, when I'm not doing health insurance, I'm really spending a lot of time on just being a, a better human being. Like I'll, I'll go, I, I, every Tuesday I have a, a therapy appointment um, every day, I'll, you know, be going to the gym, like I just got back, right? So overall it's, it's making sure that your life is as balanced and you get to keep tasting what it's like to have that kind of freedom 
Um, so I can keep reminding myself, this is why I work so hard because otherwise I am working 12, 14 hour days. Um, but it's really just to make sure, of course, like I said, after a while, the, the, those premiums, after you know, advising enough people in the right way that stay on their plans, it adds up to a good, good income that I can you know, live off of and not actually have to work. Um, so yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm a big obsessive person over passive income, but I, uh, but it's for a reason. I really would love to travel the world soon. And I've already done that, obviously, but I would love to do it full time. So I think that's also another thing is I, you'll see me on Airbnb or like <laughs> looking on job postings or, or not job postings, um, you know, listings about different properties all around the world. So I do that a lot. I was going to say, when did you have your mindset shift to getting into passive income or where did you see the, the value of time change for you in life? Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you guys haven't already read that, that, that book changed my freaking life. Um, the, my favorite thing in the entire world is the parable of the water bucket. If you guys haven't already uh, read that, or if you don't know about the parable of the water bucket, it's my favorite in the world. So uh, make it kind of quick. Basically, uh, a little town hires out two people to carry uh, water to the town because they all need it. One man decides, I'm going to go ahead and start right away. I'm going to go ahead and get my bucket. I'm going to go get my water. I'm going to go grab it. it. You know, it's three or four miles down the road, but I'm going to take this as my job, right? And I'm going to go and, and supply water for the town. And so what he finds is that, you know, they pay him for the water. It's good, and but it's obviously toiling, right? He has to go grab a bucket every time. So he decides, you know what? I'm going to go get my uh, my sons involved and go grab it. Meanwhile, this entire time, they gave, they told people they're going to give the contract to two people. So the other person left, gone, don't know where they went, you know, whatever. Um, and after this person has spent the past year uh, getting not just him, but all his family members to carry buckets all day long, about a year later, uh, the guy comes back, the other person that got the contract, and turns out this entire time he took that contract that he got from the town, and he decided to go shopping with it. And he decided, I'm going to go and find a pipeline company to build a pipeline so the water will come to the, the village. I'll do a sterilization company, so I'll sterilize. And he took this contract and he shopped it out all the way to all these people. So about a year later, after this person has broken their back and you know made just enough to get by and had their, all their his sons and daughters and everybody else in it, um, all of a sudden, this guy shows up a year later, has the pipeline, and obviously now they're selling water to the village at a fraction of the cost that it cost the uh, old man. And so I think it's something really important to kind of keep that in mind is that we live in a society right now, especially with media and attention, like we're doing like this, that has incredible leverage opportunities that we've never ever been able to do before in the entire history of the world. And so I implore everybody here to kind of do the same thing, which is don't just think about what it is I can do for a job, but what could I do to set up my future to basically, um, you know, leverage my time uh, so that way I don't actually have to spend that in trading my time for money. I think that's the most important thing. The further and further you can separate that by using opportunities of leverage. Now, granted, this guy, this person, as far as profit goes, the one that brought in the pipeline, he actually made less money than the person that was doing the toiling and walking the buckets. But you know what he did after you know signing up the village is he realized it worked. I, I not only pushed those people out of the business that were doing this one bucket at a time, but I also now have figured out a complete model that those worked. So you know what he did? Took that model and he went from village to village to village to village to village selling that model. And overall, that became the millionaire that he was. So I think that's just something to keep in mind is that it's really important to be Two things. One, leverage your time and focus on opportunities that can involve leverage, right? Versus just yourself. But second of all, if you're going to do it, do it the right way and be the best, right? Because there's other people that have created other systems and processes for bringing water. That's not something new. This guy just perfected it. And then because it was so perfected, the cost was so much lower. He was able to 
basically undercut everybody. So I think there's some there's some things to be said about being the best in your field. Um, and also, of course, like I said, being leveraged and you're inherently going to get more leverage when you're the best, right? People are going to come to you in volume um, for your business, or your services or your goods or whatever. So, yeah, that changed my life forever. Yeah, that's definitely a really, really, really good story. And that's yeah. why you're big into passive income, because what that guy did is let his money work for him. Mm -hmm. And overall, I think I'm am slightly workaholic a little bit. I don't know if I I love the balance side of this. I'll just I'm kind of a zero to 100 guy, you know, so I'll just go fully off the radar for a while and then I'll go fully on the radar. But I think um, overall, though, something that a lot of people don't get experience in their lives. And I, one thing I would love for every human being to experience one time in their lives is waking up and going to work or going to the gym or as I go to the gym, but like doing something that you necessarily don't want to do. And you really do it only because you actually want to do it. So I think a lot of humans, they live their entire lives doing things they have to do, right? I need to wake up. I need to go to work. I need to go grocery shopping. I need to do this, 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 and this. But what would happen if like your entire life, hopefully it would be cool if you got that. But even if just one week or one month of your life, you're only going to do one thing, these things, because you have to. And Robert Kiyosaki talks about that, right? His, his sister is a nun. And, you know, that's the craziest thing because he taught his sister how to do all these things, the real estate. So, so while being a nun owns like 15 rental properties, and you would think that if I own 15 rental properties, I would not want to be a nun anymore. But it's not about income or pat, like she just wakes up every morning, not wondering does she in the back of her head, does she really still like, cause if you're a nun for 10 plus years, good luck getting back on the job market. <laughs> right. So at a certain point, people have to be stuck in the ways that they do things because they're scared of what else could be versus overall. It's like, if I set up the income side or the passive income side first, I can actually go be a nun for the rest of my life. And I'll know every single morning I'm waking up going, do I want to do this? Yeah, I do. All right, let's go do it. And that's a, just a different world to live in. And I just, I hope that for every human being, because I think a lot of us don't live that way. It's a huge paradigm shift when you say I have to do something versus I get to do it. So even changing that mindset around and being more grateful and humble in your experiences, just like you said. And I think it's powerful what you mentioned about the story where in our current education system, we learn how to work for an hourly rate for most of the time or whether it's salary. And we don't learn that true value of time it was never taught to us through the educational system even i talk about my uncle he got a bachelor bachelor's degree in business from depaul and they don't teach you how to open up an llc and how to run a business it's how to work for another corporation in business but not to run your own mm -hmm. and that's for a reason right because obviously people in power are going to want to keep it keep that power if everybody's an entrepreneur then how are you going to run the, the business right so i i 100 understand why we're built that way but Overall, though, and I, I'm, I'm really excited for the future of education because, as you can imagine, there's so many people that are not going to college now. Obviously, there's certain things that you need, right? For instance, if I'm being a nurse, I don't want a nurse that doesn't didn't go to college. I'll just be honest. I don't want you to take an online course from some guru and tell me, you know, how to put a needle in me. But, but for a lot of things outside of maybe engineering, lawyers, and doctors, right, like healthcare, probably don't need much of a, a degree, you know, because at the end of the day, if, do I want to be taught business by somebody who's a professor and never opened his own business his entire life? Or do I want to be taught by somebody who has a $5 million business? Oh, and the course costs $60 versus a $30,000 degree, you know, and we're starting to see this transformation. Um, and of course, just information, but also just the, the I, I think it's, we're getting more to um, yes and education versus uh, like or 
You know what I mean? It's like A or B. It's like, no, A can be just slightly more right than B because there's so many different ways to solve these problems now. Um, it's just what's the best take on it. And I think the people that have the best take should be rewarded uh, for being the best in their field. They're, why would else would I want to be taught by the, the second best mathematician, right? And we're able to see that now with online training and online um, you know, education. So I love it. I love that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm thinking about it in like the long-term scale of it. And I feel like since you mentioned that you see that there's less people going to college and usually people that, that go to college, they're usually in like the middle income, high income bracket. You know, their parents have usually pretty good jobs. And the kids mm -hmm. that don't go to college are usually the ones that are on the poorer side of things because they just can't afford it. So mm -hmm. it'll be nice to see that these middle income, high income families, these kids won't be going to college, you could say, and they're going to be doing uh, these little schooling somewhere else privately and things like that. That might drive the education costs down, which then mm -hmm. might open the doors for these low income children to then go into college and have a different ch chance at life. So you might see an a increase in intelligence overall in the United States if it goes that way, because if you could decrease the, the college costs, that's opening a high opportunity to, to, more, to, more, to more people. So you might have like a burst of intelligence. I agree a hundred percent. You know, what's crazy though, is there's this whole dichotomy of people that are arguing against that. And it's, they're calling it the age of misinformation. And I love that actually though, because they have a point, right? If I have all this information available to me and everybody has an opinion and everybody's an expert, then how am I learning the right way to do something? So there's, there's like that dichotomy there, which I love, but overall, I think, um, if it's misinformation, the best way around this and what I'm thinking here, and let me know what you guys think, but we might get have to go back to kind of like almost medieval Renaissance times where you do, what's it called? Like you're a journeyman or you're an apprentice, like just having the ability to walk somebody through a, not just steps like in a textbook, but a wisdom and experience, because you're learning from individual human beings that have already been there and done that. But there, it, it's going to get to a point where there's so much education, so much out there that an, a person, an individual should be able to pick out specific, like, I don't want to just be a nurse. I want to be a travel nurse that does ER. Or, you know what I'm saying? And there's a course very specifically or a mentorship program or a, a coaching call or you see what I mean? And not only is that going to allow us to get very, very specific and granular with what we want to do and what we want to learn and, you know, the, and also a, a fast track to get there. But also it, it makes a lot of business sense, you know, on the other side, right? I mean, selling um, education is one of the most profitable margins in anything because all I'm doing is recording a video, right? It doesn't cost me anything to teach you. Um, so anyways, I'm really excited because it's like there's that dichotomy of misinformation. So I think we're going to see kind of getting back to almost like a renaissance time where people are just, I want to work with you because you you know how to what to do with my very specific thing that I want to learn. Yeah. Hey, the best way to combat misinformation is information because eventually the the shit flows to the top and you can see <laughs> that's it. true <laughs> yeah that's true mm -hmm. zach one last question i'd like to ask all of our guests so yeah. if you had an opportunity to have a cup of coffee with anybody one last time who would it mm -hmm. be and why one last time before like i die um uh i would probably i'd probably say elon musk that i just um he's modern tony stark right so i think i would just love to just go like I think I just love to get lost in how, and, and just like lost in how dumb I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, just cause I feel like one of my favorite things to say of all time is I'm, I know only of my own ignorance. That's one of my favorite uh, quotes of my entire life. And I think, you know, sometimes we, we like to forget when we surround ourselves by these people that might be at our level or maybe sometimes below our level, as far as like informational knowledge and expertise and everything, it's easy for us to kind of feel 
like a, an insect in a jar where it's like, you just keep hitting the lid, you keep hitting the lid because everybody around you is that same way. So I think just being surrounded by someone who's just so incredibly far ahead of me in every aspect of pretty much life, um, I would love to just kind of just pick his brain and be like, okay, if I just grew an inch um, from here, I would, I would love that. So yeah, there's, I'm assuming there's a lot of limiting beliefs that I still have in my own life. And I think people being surrounded by those people just shatters those. So that's another goal of my line, uh, life in the future. Have you ever read his biography? Or his I have not. Uh -uh. You like it? Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good book. You get you because I'm a big Elon Musk fan myself. You get to know him <laughs> a little, little bit better and kind of where he came from, his roots, and how he was as a, as a kid and things he struggled with. He seems more of a normal person when you read his biography. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, that's. I definitely am. Uh, I'm almost excited for being someone like I said to to feel on a so normal and so badly normal you know because i feel like all of us want to be exceptional and there's there's a that's a human who is truly uh, just proven time and time again is incredibly exceptional so i just love to be around that yeah and he's on his seventh kid i think right he just had another kid number seven. <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm, I'm too busy to to text matt back within 10 minutes right <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know it's like this man is literally running an entire uh he's you know just bought twitter so while well, having a seventh kid I, I don't know how that works yeah. but He's gonna have so much kids. He's gonna have his own like school, own classroom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he did that actually. There's no grades, right? It's all. Um, I forgot how he he structured it, but yeah. And that comes back to that divergent thinking I was telling you about, as opposed to like you know thinking everything is a one and zeros, right? It's a or b. It's like no, there's a lot of ways to come to a conclusion, and with the internet and calculators, that kind of takes away the any, anything that is not in like anything that is not. In, yeah, what's it called? Um, anything that is not just like binary, right? Right. Yeah. Everything that is black and white and ones and zeros is going to be done by computer very soon, if not already. So I might as well get started on thinking creatively and thinking divergently and being able to do those things that maybe a robot couldn't do. Right. You know, that's kind of the idea of the future. I, th I think it's powerful too. something that I learned in nursing is that life is not black or white. It's very gray. Mm -hmm. And even in healthcare, there's no one systemic way we can teach a nurse to just think because you have all these different opportunities or situations that are going to arise and you have to critically think through this gray area of what's mm -hmm. the best for your patient during that specific time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And isn't it crazy? Like you'll, you have all these trainings and classes and schedules and then you, you talk to each other and you go, Hey, you know, Debbie or whoever is like the old, older charge nurse or something like, Hey, all right, what do I do? Right. Cause it's like, yes, you, you know, you know what the textbook thing to do is, but she's going to walk you through like, okay, so with our equipment that we have here and our procedure, and it's just that wisdom, I think is where it comes back to, um, this new level of education that we're going to get to, which I'm just really excited about. That's all. <laughs> Zach, thank you for your time and of all the knowledge you brought to us as far as yeah. managing health coverage, what to do, the state of the union of healthcare, where things are. And yeah, appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, guys. Thank you both for having me on. This has been awesome. I would love to do it again sometime. And also I do a podcast and not to promote, I can't really remember the name right now. <laughs> we'll be getting it started soon, but when that comes, I'll be hopefully having you guys both on. It'd be awesome. And then Zach, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Oh yeah. Um, so mainly my Instagram is probably the biggest thing I, pu I push on right now. So it's just young. My last name is young, right? So I don't think I'm a rapper. Uh, this is just how I was taught to create an a, a account when you're, when you're little, but young Z one, two, two, zero is, is the Instagram account. But overall, um, yeah, I post content on there regularly and I even have a video on there on how to shop for insurance. So if you're kind of curious and you want to watch 
me literally go, you know, like screen by screen and walk through what does that scenario look like for you? And you, you can kind of make your own inferences of what it is that would be the best fit for you. You can do that. Um, I think a lot of people get a lot of value from that video. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zach. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.